This is the Wealth Game Podcast, where business owners and investors learn the game of growing and keeping more of their wealth through the same tax and investment strategies used by the wealthy. Your host, Brent Beeman, is a CPA, tax advisor, and president of Beeman & Company. All right, let's go over holding companies and we'll go over some of the benefits, why you should have one, how it can help you in a few different areas of your investment and, and tax life. So first, let's talk about what a holding company is. A holding company is typically an LLC, and this LLC will not own assets normally on its own. It won't be operating a business on its own in its own name, but it can own other LLCs or other companies that are doing those things. It could be an LLC that is owning another LLC, and that other LLC is the one that owns the rental property, or that other LLC or corporation is the one that operates the business. Part of the, the reason for that is to help separate your holding company from these, these other entities. So we'll go into the kind of the three main benefits, and we'll break it down from there. Uh, the first one, it is the asset protection that you can get with a holding company. So with asset protection... What that means typically is that you are separating personal assets from your business assets or personal assets from your investment assets. And in the case, in the rare case of, a, of some sort of lawsuit, um, there are some benefits of having those assets separate. If you get sued personally for whatever reason, there would likely be some loopholes and, and it would be much harder for those creditors or someone in a lawsuit to go after your other assets that are held in this holding company or held in these other LLCs. That's the asset protection from the personal side um, helping you to protect your business assets. And now from the other direction, let's say one of your businesses or one of your LLCs gets involved in a lawsuit, there is some protection going the other way as well. So if your LLC is ever sued, or let's say you're a landlord and you have a rental property, someone slips and falls and gets hurt, if they wanted to come after you personally, they've got to go after the owner of the property the landlord is the the LLC that owns the property, and they could potentially go after what that LLC owns and try to get a judgment off of that. But coming after you, since you're not the owner, your LLC is the owner, it would be a much more difficult process. So that's the asset protection or the legal protection. It's really just separating the assets and creating a barrier and making it much more difficult for someone to try to access those assets that these different LLCs or, or individuals have. So that's the asset protection side. We're going over three. The second one is the privacy. Um, there is some opportunity with LLCs to have more privacy um, in really privacy and not letting people know what you own. So here's an example. Here's how it would work. If you have, say, a, comp a Wyoming LLC and that Wyoming LLC owns property, if someone is looking up in the county records, they go, okay, let's let's see who owns this property. And they look in the county records and they see that it's owned by XYZ LLC. And they go, okay, well, that's owned by XYZ LLC. Let's go look up, let's try to find to see who owns XYZ LLC. If it's in Wyoming um, and they go to try to see who owns XYZ LLC, that's not public information in Wyoming. So they wouldn't be able to easily find who owns that property. Because first they go to the property then they see that it's owned by XYZ LLC, then they go to Wyoming and they can't see who owns the property. Alternatively, if you just own that property in your personal name, 
there's databases out there where you could just do a search. You can search someone's last and first name and see what properties they own. And if it's in your personal name, that property would would pull right up. So if it's in your yeah, if it's your personal house, if it's your investment properties, all those would pull right up in your personal name if you own it in your personal name and not in an LLC. So we've gone over the asset protection side, separating your assets. We've talked about the privacy, just keeping people that want want to snoop around, keeping them from seeing everything that you own. It's not like you're doing anything wrong or illegal. It's just not holding everything out in the open, very, making it very easy for other people to see. Okay, then this last one is the tax benefit side. And there's all sorts of different things that you can do with holding companies, all different ways that you can create deductions and have investments that create deductions. Uh, this one is a quite a bit more complex, my opinion, on how the tax benefits come from the holding company. But uh, one example is just the ease of how you can split like the tax return or the tax reporting of that holding company. Because it's an LLC, if you have assets that you want to share ownership with, whether it's a spouse, a friend, or family member, you can you can split ownership of that LLC um, however you want, however you come up with in the operating agreement. Now, I would typically not recommend to have your main holding company owned with anyone else other than your spouse. And there, you might have a holding company that you own, say with a friend, but that holding company would be properties that just the two of you are owning, maybe through your own holding companies. So the structure for that is that you would have your main investment company, or like interchangeably I'll call it investment or holding company. You'd have that main company up top, and then that holding company could own a percentage of these sub-LLCs of this, say, a sub-LLC that you and your friend own 50% of, and then you could own properties under that, underneath that. In that case, you could have two separate holding companies, but you're going to have your own, like right there at the top. You're going to have your own holding company that owns your other assets. One of the, the ways that you can get tax benefits from a holding company, this is more uh, like because of the way you can file the tax return as a holding company, as, as an LLC, you have that opportunity to file as a partnership. A partnership tax filing is off of your personal tax filing completely. Like the total income, the deductions, all the detail is off your personal tax return. So that in and of itself, you're getting some reduced audit risk just because you're simplifying your personal tax return. On the personal side, there's going to be fewer things lingering out there that uh, the government or IRS, they might want to to ask about or check on. You're still doing everything correctly, but at the same time, there are just fewer randomized audit risks involved by filing through a holding company that's a partnership compared to just putting everything onto your personal tax return. Um, so we'll go, those are the three benefits. We talked about the asset protection, the privacy, and the tax benefits. And just three of the benefits, and it's not all of them. So let's go over some of the steps that it takes to get your holding company set up. I want you to just have these these action steps where you could go create it on your own. You could call your attorney and have them help you set it up um, or however you want to get it set up. So you would go, really the first step is to just form the LLC. You need to register the LLC with the state. You register it with the Internal Revenue Service. You get a tax ID number. Uh, we would typically recommend that this type of holding company or this type of investment company that say you and your spouse own 
we would normally recommend that you have that formed in Wyoming. From some of, for some of those reasons I mentioned previously, you get that additional privacy, you get a little more asset protection. We would normally want that to be in Wyoming. We have quite a few people, I know of quite a few people that have holding companies in other states. If it's not Wyoming, it'd probably be maybe one of your own states, or not your own states, your, uh, just where you live, your personal residence, where you plan to live for a while. That might make it a little simpler, say in the banking side. It's a little easier to get a bank account set up if it's just in your own state. But get your LLC set up, get it registered with the state, and get your tax ID number. So that's step one for creating your, your holding company. And as part of that, you are, you're creating who owns the holding company at the same time. There's an operating agreement that you'll want to get written up. If it's just you, it's just going to be you on the operating agreement. If it's you and a spouse, come up with that ownership percentage, typically 50% each or whatever percentage you determine. Have that ownership uh, documented in the operating agreement and in the state registration. If it's if it's not Wyoming, you would you'd be putting the ownership on there. Uh, then as part of that, you would go form a bank account. So get the LLC set up, then go form a bank account in the name of the LLC, in the name of your holding company, and you can run transactions specific related, specifically related to your investment activity, specifically related to maybe some of your sub your sub LLCs that don't have their own their accounts. And that, that goes right into the next spot. The next part where you would create sub LLCs, or these are subsidiary LLCs that would likely be owned 100% by your holding company. These subsidiary LLCs, these would be the individual ones that are owning real estate. <clears throat> if you have rental property in five different states, you would likely have five different LLCs, one set up in each state, and the ownership of each of those is your holding company. So your Wyoming holding company would own 100% of each of those sub-LLCs. And then those sub-LLCs would own 100% of the land or 100% of the real estate. So you as an individual, you don't own that real estate directly. The real estate isn't in your name. It first goes to your holding company. You own 100% of that combined. And then your holding company owns the LLCs. And then the LLCs own the real estate. Hopefully if you've if you've seen some of my drawings or kind of the whiteboard stuff, you can kind of see that, but hopefully explaining it, you can visualize what that what that looks like. Um, and then the next really important piece, we have people and I've heard of people that have set up their structure, but then they will not take the next steps to actually change the ownership. So once you get the setup, the structure set up, Make sure you're actually deeding your rental properties into those new sub-LLCs. If you have investment accounts or cryptocurrency, make sure you're changing that into accounts inside of your Wyoming LLC or your holding company. Move those assets over into those LLCs. Like Actually make that step because if there was ever a lawsuit, you can't do that after the lawsuit legally. Like It's, it's something you need to do before to get the privacy and the asset protection. And it helps with the tax benefits and it simplifies the reporting as well. So make sure you take that that last step. And then just understand, like at the end of the year, let's say I gave you that example. If you, if you were someone that had five rental properties, if you were previously filing those rental properties on your personal tax return, which is where they'd go if you, just, you were the 100% owner, you were putting it on something we call, a, it's a Schedule E on your personal tax return. 
though that income, those deductions were all right on an, an additional form within your personal tax filing. The holding company changes that. When you have a holding company that's taxed as a partnership, say you and your spouse, that holding company will now file its own tax return. Doing that, it helps simplify your personal return, reducing that randomized audit risk, but then it, it creates a separate tax return that you'll need to file for your holding company. The holding company reports all the details, income and expenses, and then it will issue a K-1 to you as an owner of the, of the holding company. So if you do have some, some investments or syndicated, you're part of some syndicated investment deals, you're probably used to getting a K-1, but now your holding company would create the K-1 directly to you as if you are one of those syndicated investment deals. And so on your personal tax return, it's just another line item, just one line that just says K-1 income or K-1 losses or expenses from XYZ LLC. So that's that's how you can simplify your personal tax return, reduce audit risk, protect your assets, get the tax benefits, have more privacy. That's the benefit of of a holding company. I haven't gone into all the ins and outs and all the details, but hopefully those steps I told you about, about how to set it up and why we would typically recommend help you in making that decision if it's the right thing for you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and please provide a review of what you thought of this episode. For specific topic requests or questions to be covered, please email questions at wealthgamepodcast.com.